When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Around the 412, part of the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am Tyler, 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 and with me as always is my co-host, Smitty. What is going on, man? I, I kind of jacked up that intro a little bit. Yeah, you did. I don't know what was up with that, but hey, maybe it you're just so excited too. about just drafting. Uh, yeah, it was your own name. I was about to say, maybe you're just so, so excited about drafting uh, Tyler Algier in our Dynasty League right before we jumped on here. So. Yeah, you, Maybe that's you what actually it explained it to me how the league works. I had no idea before even drafting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's kind of jump right into this. A uh, little bit of a different format than what you might typically see on here. Just because of the the news, uh, the way that these things are in, obviously with the Penguins being in off-season mode, there's not much to talk about there. So we're going to start off talking about them. Really, the only thing I saw, maybe of interest, maybe you're just like, how many times are we going to hear this before there's actually something to talk about? Um, the Penguins have apparently like made it their top priority, according to multiple reports, to get a multi-year extension done with Chris Letang. Now, I think that this was kind of assumed. Um, but to, to know that the Fenway Sports Group, uh, you know, Ron Hextall, Brian Burke, like everybody is making this the priority. Now, you might say maybe it is interesting to you because you're like, oh, you just assume like Evgeny Malkin would be the top priority for them. Um, but Chris Letang, and I think rightfully so, as much as that hurts me to say, because I love both of these guys equally and they both meant so much. Um I think rightfully so. Chris Letang needs to be this team's top priority. Uh, he's still so important to what they do. Obviously, Sidney Crosby, their most valuable player, their best player. Um, but Chris Letang is really the straw that stirs the drink on the back end. Yeah, I mean, this is no news to us, really. When we talked about the uh, Penguins free agents and who's most most likely to come back, or at least most important, important we both agree that it was Chris mm. Letang. I mean, he is the hardest yeah. to replace, in my opinion. And honestly, besides probably only Sid on the team, he would be the hardest to replace besides him. And I think there's probably an argument to make that it's, even Sid could, might even be easier to replace at least at 1C, not Sid himself, just the position, than Chris yeah. Letang himself. But, I mean, Chris Letang trying to replace him I, I kind of relate it to uh, replacing a normal hamburger patty with a, a veggie patty. You know, y- you might be able to get some of the si- hmm. similar flavor, similar texture, but you're not going to get the good quality, everything that you get with that normal patty and a normal cheeseburger, you know? So so like a John Klingberg, for example, would be that veggie patty, that, that bean patty or whatever you want to <laughs> call it. And Chris Letang is that normal five guys cheeseburger. So... He wow. is for sure yeah. the one that is the most important to replace. This isn't really news to us. Shouldn't really be news to anybody. And I, like you said, I love of getting Malkin a ton. But as far as just positionally goes, right side first defenseman over a 2C is harder to replace and harder to find a guy that's going to stick. I love of getting Malkin, mm-hmm. but he is definitely the number two fiddle to Chris Letang's number one as the most important guys to bring back. But that's not saying I don't want to bring him back. Obviously, I want the, them both to bring him back. But seeing that it is 
kind of out there that Chris Letang has been the priority. And I, I feel like we kind of got the vibe that Chris Letang was going to be the toughest to bring back in a sort of way. Well, I mean, outside of Brian, Brian Rust, who's already back, actually. But at least out of the two, Malkin and Letang, we kind of thought that Malkin was more of the for sure bet that it could be back. And I don't know, is is it kind of changing your mind? Do you think this is this news kind of changes that at all? Whether you think like maybe Malkin's getting yeah. closer to 50-50 at all? Or is is this still like Malkin is for sure back and it's a good sign that Latang is going to be back too? I, I don't know that it changes my mind on anything just because I, I knew, or at least I felt like I knew like, that they wanted Chris Letang back. Like, that's obvious. Now, whether you want to say it was the number one or number two priority, you should debate that. But I still don't think that that changes the fact, like, Chris Letang, I, I don't think is going to be uh, taking much of a hometown discount, if at all. And I think that's why we were talking about him being the harder of the two to retain, is because he still could warrant, you know, a raise, where it's like, mm-hmm. Gino, you're he's not going to make any more than he is. You would actually hope that he would take a cut. Latang could jump up and make even more than he did on his last contract. So I think that's where it came in to play, like not necessarily what the team was prioritizing, but just who was the more realistic of the two. Um, but so no, it didn't change my mind in that aspect. Uh, the only thing that it changes my mind on is obviously we know like now who is the clear cut number one priority of this team. And uh, I, I think, like I said, it's rightfully so. Um, you know who we're not hearing anything on, though, real quick before we uh, switch gears here, is Ricard Raquel. Like, there, there's been nothing about him. And to me, I think, you know, if you're not going to get Gino back and you have to look for a 2C elsewhere, I would definitely like to see Ricard Raquel retained. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know if it's a good or bad thing that you really haven't heard anything on that front. Um Part of me thinks it might be like a good thing that you haven't heard any discussions about like other teams being involved with him. Um, I, I'd mm-hmm. rather hear nothing than that. But yeah, if, if Malkin's going to be ba- not, or not going to be back, you need to retain some of that offense. And Ricard Raquel definitely made an impact in the short stint he had with the Penguins. And so bringing him back would be uh, very important if Malkin's not back especially in the top six, because like I said a few weeks ago, they're kind of struggling for top six talent in the organization as a whole, at least with the depth of the top six talent. So getting a guy like Raquel back would definitely help that. Yeah, it, obviously they don't play the same position. It's just like if you're bringing back Latang and Gino, that's going to eat up a good portion of that $23 million that they have remaining to spend on guys. And, you know, you, you think like, okay, Evan Rodriguez, they probably could afford to bring back. Danton Heinen's going to be cheaper. Like that kind of puts uh, Ricard Raquel on, on the back burner, in my opinion, if we were to have both Latang and Gino come back. If Gino isn't back, that opens up a whole new you know, realm of possibilities, although they probably would have to go out and spend money on a legit number two center, say like a, a Vincent Trocheck coming back home or something like that. Right. Yeah. So, so. last thing uh, in the Penguins talk, and it, it's not really have much to, to talk about on it, just more of an announcement. If you missed it, um, the Penguins promoted on Tuesday morning, Chris Pryor, who's an inside hire to assistant GM, uh, Andy Saucier to hockey operations analyst and pro personnel. And then Eric Heasley is promoted to the GM of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. I don't really have much to say on it. Um, don't really know, honestly, much about the workings of the Penguins front office and in, in that realm, but just some announcements. Well, Andy Saucier, man, he has been money on the reviews. So hopefully like that still falls under his umbrella. Um, But the only thing that I'll say, man, and I saw a lot of people talking about this. I would have liked to have seen them go outside for the assistant GM position. 
rather than a, rather than a promotion of Chris Pryor. Nothing necessarily against him or anything like that. I just think that it's it's kind of one of those things like people always talk about with the Steelers, the internal hires and stuff like that. Um, I would have just rather have seen them go outside and get a fresh voice um, to go along with Ron New ideas. But it is what it is. Yeah, I, I would have rather seen some fresh ideas brought into the organization. It is what it is. Hopefully it works out for them. But uh, yeah, Andy Saucier to me is the, is the one that jumped out right away because I was like, man, hopefully uh, the, the reviews, the replays stick under his umbrella because he is absolutely money. on. Maybe that. Mike Tomlin can so. give him a call and see how he reviews. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were to say maybe Mike Tomlin can take over that role for the for the Penguins on the side. And I was no, like, no, no, I don't no, know no, 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 no. There is absolutely no way. <laughs> I think I think the Steelers yeah. would be calling Andy Saucier before they call Mike Tomlin. Yeah, very <laughs> true. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the Steelers. That wasn't even like supposed to be a sideway, but that's exactly what we're going to do when we come back. This is around the four and two on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm Smitty. That is Tyler. Um, listen, I saw a really interesting article, in my opinion, interesting. This might not be to you or to anybody else. We're going to find out right now because I didn't tell you what it was beforehand. Um, talking about the Steelers under the most pressure in 2022. Now, what, first off, what does that mean to you? Like when, when I say that to you, what do, what do you think that that means? Uh, to me, under the most pressure would mean like the most pressure to perform. Um, not not saying that they have to like carry the team whatsoever, but like most pressure to. I mean, that, that, that could be a way though. Like they could be part of carrying the team, but mm-hmm. also like most pressure to like improve as well. Like a name that instantly comes to mind uh, for me, and I don't know what names are on this list, but Chase Claypool comes to mind. Like I think he is under pressure to he's not, he's perform and, and live up to the expectation that we had when we took him in the second round of the 2020 draft. I, I think he's underperformed mm-hmm. very well, and and so I, I think that that is my definition is like who who's looking to na- take that next step and like really step up to the plate when it comes to their performance on the field. But maybe the article has a different definition. Yeah. I mean, so some of them make sense to me. So they listed five players here. Um, and some of them do make sense. One of them, you you mentioned Chase Claypool. He is not on here. However, his wide receiver mate, Deontay Johnson, is. Now, I can get this from the sense of he's, he's looking for a new contract um, and everything like that. So he's got a ball this year. He's got to prove that he's more of the player that we saw in 2021 and not the, the drop-riddled 2020. Um, obviously, you're not going to find a bigger Deontay Johnson fan than me. But I, I So he was actually one of the three that I'll say that I understand. Not that I necessarily agree with, but I can understand understand it um although i like chase claypool i would have had him on here before i had deontay johnson so um, both of those guys to me would be on there but for different reasons and the, and the they're the two reasons that i kind of stated chase claypool in the you need to step up and really perform to the next level mm-hmm. this season and then deontay johnson is kind of in that okay we need you to carry this wide receiver room even more than you have recently uh, you need to like really step up and and set the expectations for this wide receiver room because you, you don't have Juju anymore. You are the clear cut guy if you weren't already, and I, I think you need to yeah. help carry this offense to where they want to go. As crazy as that sounds, the most senior member of that Steelers wide receiver room, um, but yeah, so he is on here. Um, the other one that's not 
like that I thought made sense, I'll just say it like that, is Devin Bush. Like, like to me, that one should be on there, makes 100% sense. Obviously, the Steelers didn't pick up his fifth-year option. I think, despite what he himself says, he does have a lot to prove this year. Um, obviously, former top 10 pick, and, you know, prove that last year was just more so just an extensive period of rehab for him that knee wasn't right he needed more time to get it healthy and he gutted it out played through it you gotta give him credit for that the availability was definitely there last year um but we need to see more from him obviously that goes without saying so 100 percent, i agree with him being on this list i do too uh i mean the steelers not picking up his fifth year option is very clear that they just don't trust him moving forward especially after his third season he he was very disappointing especially for like being a guy that the steelers traded up for getting to that number 10 pick to take him he has not lived up to expectations and so from the steelers standpoint like he is under a lot of pressure and i feel like he has to really step up and kind of prove that he is worth another contract for the steelers and and that's why, I mean, initially they didn't pick up the fifth-year option. This is basically like the prove-it year that they kind of gave it to Terrell Edmonds as mm-hmm. well. Like, prove to me that you're worth that extra year. And, and so, like, moving forward, Devin Bush is going to really have to prove it, and especially, I mean, not not just him, like the linebackers in general, but he is the leader of that room, and he, he needs to really step up this season. You know what, Terrell Edmonds, not on here, although very similar in that they didn't pick up his fifth year option. I guess I I can get that because he's kind of, in my opinion, rounded out to be a decent player and kind of is the player he's going to be. That fourth year was really Like it or not, he is, yeah, like it or not, this is the player that he is and there is a place in the NFL for him. Um, Obviously, you're not going to love that there's a lack of splash there for a former first round pick. But he's he's fine. He's a starting safety in the NFL. That's what he is. both quarterbacks are on here, Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. Now, the one that I understand of the two more so is Mitch I, I love Trubisky how you because both he's quarterbacks. Now, and I knew you weren't talking about Mason Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Both of the uh, legitimate options that we could see start football games for the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> in 2022. Um, now, I, I understand the Trubisky more here because he's on his third team now. He's trying to get back to being a starting quarterback in the NFL. This is a shot. Like, is he going to get another starting shot somewhere if he doesn't perform here? I don't know. Still young, you know, but I think that th- that he is under some pressure here. Even if Kenny Pickett does unseat him at some point, which spending a first round pick on the guy, that's going to happen. Um even if that's the case, if, if he performs well enough to go somewhere, maybe has some trade value and the Steelers move on in that way, as opposed to just being thrown to the side because he doesn't perform well in year one, I think that it's still not necessarily a failure there for him. Um, but I, I can understand Trubisky more. Now, now Pickett to me is interesting here because is it only because he's an older rookie coming into the NFL or what? Because I, I don't know that there's a ton of pressure on him to perform in year one because he might not even have the chance to do so. I wasn't even thinking of the older rookie part. The only thing I was thinking of is like he is uh, a first round pick. Steelers have a quarterback battle ahead of them. The, the future of the quarterback is unseen right now. And maybe there's pressure for him to live up to the expectations of that pick right away. Because I feel like we've seen uh, more recently, like people have become less patient when it comes to rookie quarterbacks or first, second year quarterbacks. And I think that's because oh, of the, yeah. a lot of the success that we've seen from like guys like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and, and among others uh, that 
we've seen and really it's kind of changed the way that people view the quarterback position coming into the league. You're not giving guys a lot of time to develop. They need to be the superstar right away, which in my opinion is very unfair to a lot of the players coming into this league, especially at the quarterback mm-hmm. position. You, I mean, I'll, I feel like that is the hardest position to play in football. One of the hardest positions to, to play in sports. And even if a guy takes like two to three years to really develop into that like star quarterback for the team, I feel like it's, people should be willing to wait those years out to get to that kind of player. But I feel like maybe that's another reason that the pressure is going to be high on Kenny Pickett just because of the atmosphere of being a starting quarterback getting drafted into the NFL right now. It's you better perform right now. Otherwise, we want to cut ties and get the new guy. Well, here's the thing is, right, everybody's looking for the next Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes didn't start year one. Josh Allen was terrible, really, his first two years in the NFL. Obviously a great player now. Lamar Jackson sat behind Joe Flacco for, like, his entire rookie year. I mean, the quarterbacks that we're talking about, like, how many quarterbacks do come in and have immediate success? But to your point, look at last year's class. Everybody's writing off the guys that were taken higher by the bad teams. They were bad teams for a reason. They're not just the quarterback away in most cases. Not every There's not going to be every Cincinnati Bengals team out there. That's not everybody that's always picking at number one. Everybody wants to think, like, the book's already written on Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and, and even Trey Lance not you know because he wasn't able to unseat Jimmy Garoppolo at any point last year Justin Fields in Chicago people who think already stinks I mean it, it's ridiculous they, they think like Mac Jones is now the crop of the class just because he was put in the best ecosystem to succeed right away but that doesn't mean that's going to be the case long term so I mean maybe that is the reason but to me that is very stupid just because you can look at the lead right now and see that the most successful quarterbacks going right now you know, they didn't have to start right away, at least in most cases. I think there's more that are that way than the other way where it's like a Joe Burrow stepping in day one and succeeding. Yeah, I mean, there's only a couple guys I can think of recently, like Joe Burrow, uh, Justin Herbert. He was pretty solid right away. Herbert was very early. Um, and But he wasn't even that was even supposed to be the case because Tyrod Taylor yeah. got the punctured lung or whatever. Yeah, but I, I just th- I just think that's a mindset now. If guys don't show signs of success early, people are just ready Mm -hmm. to write them off and move on and find the next guy, which is just so unfair to the new quarterbacks that are coming into the NFL and is not the way that quarterbacks were developed even 10 years ago. Yeah, right. Um, Do you want to hear the last one? (laughs) Sure. Because I'm very puzzled. TJ Watt is the number five player on this list for the Steelers that have the most to prove in 2022. Um, The reason that was given on here was the fact that he hasn't now he did have he did make some impact plays in that Kansas City loss. Right. This last playoff. Now, he he really had nothing to show for it before that and the couple playoff games that he had played in. But literally, it's like the fact that he has a defensive player of the year award and doesn't have a playoff win. I forgot that TJ Watt not making enough sacks in the game is the reason the Steelers don't have a playoff run these last few years. I, I completely forgot that that's how football works. No, that That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. I, I, I would understand <laughs> maybe if you're taking it from the standpoint like he needs to carry the defense like he has like the past few years, but to really kind of like piggyback on the like he doesn't have a playoff win he needs to improve that like like the Steelers there's a very good chance they're not going to the playoffs this year so guess what he wouldn't have another playoff win this year if they don't go to the playoffs is that TJ Watt's fault if he has another 20 sack season but they don't make the playoffs is that only his fault no it it, it very well might not be in the defense at all might be on the offense completely new offense Completely new quarterback. We don't know what that's going to look like. Defense might be fine. I just think it's ridiculous that he's even on this list. 
Yeah, I, I I was shocked when I was looking at because it was literally the last one shown, right? So like I'm scrolling down, I see the top four, and I was kind of puzzled by the fact that that Pickett was on there, and then I get to number yeah. five, and I'm like, what? Did I did I accidentally click on a different article? What what is this here? What what am I looking at? How does he have anything to prove in 2022? I mean, it's not like he came out of nowhere in 2021 to win Defensive Player of the Year. And we're talking about like, oh, is it a fluke or something like that? We're talking about a guy that's been a steady trajectory, just getting better and better each year. I just really unfathomable to me that he would be on this list before some of the guys that you know we brought up like a chase claypool i mean i i I don't know very interesting yeah um but that's it for steelers talk um we're gonna talk about unfortunately the pirates about nausea i thought we had something in the notes about nausea you're right you're right you're right you're right you're right you're right 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 i i got because i'm so puzzled by the tj thing i got i got caught up there now you want to talk about actually actually this is gonna be good because here's somebody to prove something right the for the steelers there's been a lot of talk about Najee Harris's workload being lightened this year. Now, is that going to happen? I can't see it just because Mike Tomlin has always had a workhorse back. Um, and, and we know that he just loves to run them into the ground. Now, for Najee's sake and trying to extend his career out, you know, another year or two, because we know the short shelf life on running backs, I would love to see his workload lightened a little bit. But is it realistic for that to happen? Because who, who's taken the workload off him? It's certainly, to me, not a guy that's currently on the roster. I don't have faith in any of these guys. The one that we really haven't seen at all, a guy that I was pretty excited for, is Anthony McFarlane. And had he been on this list, I would have understood it. There goes one of my other I have another food scenario or food metaphor to okay. relate that I just thought of to relate Najee's workload and, and should it be lessened um, to mm-hmm. food. So... Taking away from Najee's workload is like taking away unhealthy snacks from my appetite until the healthy snacks are able to prove that they can satisfy my appetite. I'm not going to trust the healthy snacks and I'm going to rely on the unhealthy snacks to satisfy my appetite. And I hate to say that in, in this scenario that Najee Harris is the unhealthy snack of this, but he is. I enjoy goldfish. I enjoy Oreos. What I don't enjoy, uh, I'm trying to think of a healthy snack I can't enjoy, but whatever the healthy snack is, that's Anthony McFarlane. That's Benny Snell. That's guys that don't produce when they are called upon, and they haven't. So why should his workload be lessened any? Would I love it? Yes. Keep him more fresh. Maybe if we do find ourselves in a playoff run, he's more fresh for the playoffs. Who knows? But Mm -hmm. whether or not, uh, Najee needs a workload does not rely on him at all. It's on the people behind him. And based off what we've seen, absolutely not. His workload does not need lessened because whenever you put somebody else in there, you're not really getting much production. And so until we see differently, until I get that healthy snack that satisfies my hunger, I'm going to keep going back to the unhealthy snack. I'm going to keep going back to Najee Harris at running back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like the metaphor, but uh, yeah, it, it's just hard to imagine that there's any way for the Steelers to have success in 2022 while simultaneously lightening Najee Harris's workload. Because he's Can't. going to be the focal point of it. I mean, for, for especially for new quarterback, whoever it's going to be, it's going to be a new starting mm-hmm. quarterback, young offensive line, young receiving core. That's a, a lot of it's going to be inexperienced. We don't know what the, re, the passing game is going to look like. They're going to need to rely on the run game a lot in these games. 
And I, I feel like you're going to have to rely on Najee to be touching the ball like 25, 30 times a game for the majority of the season because you can't really rely on giving guys like Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane, lots of touches. Yeah. So either it's going to be the same amount, basically, of Najee Harris this year, or they're going to be passing the ball a lot more. And even then, we could see you know Najee catching the ball to the backfield. That's why I like that you said touches and not carries because he's going to even when he's not oh, carrying yeah, he, the ball, we know he's going to see him the catching back. the ball to the backfield. He, he caught like yeah. what 74, 76 passes last year. He might even add on to that this year. Who knows? So he's going to be touching the ball probably close to four hundred times this season. Again, yep, yeah, I would agree. Okay, also, now I promise I, I just that want is to throw the in, last. Benny, Benny Snell is going to have mind. his 100 yard game randomly this season. If I feel like it happens <laughs> every year, but that doesn't mean he's going to be contributing more. Okay, overall, no. But yeah, he maybe will, it'll be uh, he'll get that 100 yard game somewhere. Last last week of the season when Najee sits because we're already locked into a playoff spot. True, love it. Benny Snell runs for 100. Uh, Okay, now I promise that is the last of the Steelers talk. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the Pirates who have not won a single game since we talked on here last. (laughs) Is it our fault? That's the old takes exposed. Yeah, that's the old takes exposed of us uh, for this week. We have one every single week. I the drama? (laughs) Uh, When we come back, we'll talk about it. There is something positive to talk about, in my opinion. It's a name we've brought up on here so many times since the inception of this podcast. But we'll be right back. This is Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm Smitty. That is Tyler. Uh, We're going to wrap up talking about the Pirates who, like I said, to end the last segment, have not won a single game since the last time that we spoke to you guys. Zero wins in that uh, time frame. It looks like they're about to have their losing streak extended to nine games. Nine uh, games, Following losing both of a doubleheader. Assuming that they don't make a uh, six-run comeback, although they need seven to win the game, assuming the Cardinals don't score any more runs. They gave up a five-run lead yesterday, so I guess it would just be a reversal of fortune. Yeah, maybe. Doubt it, but maybe. We'll find (laughs) I mean, you'll definitely know by the time you listen to this. It's one of those things, like, listen, I, I understand with as many young players as they're playing, with obviously they're not a super talented team like they're going to have bad stretches like this but man th- this has been brutal because you know leading up to this losing streak they've been playing better baseball not that I was ever one of those people on Twitter that like oh we're about to make like a wild card push or something like that but they I was enjoying watching them like even if they were losing baseball games like they were still fun to watch there were things to watch that were intriguing you this stretch of baseball that we've seen recently there really hasn't been that you know I mean exciting maybe to see a guy make a debut here and there Candace Smith and Jigba being the case today, yeah. but uh, there's there's just not been much excite, excitement to watch. I mean, obviously, love watching Rowanzi Contreras pitch. Um, there is a name that I want to bring up in, in a different uh, part of this segment, but man, just just recently watching the Pirates, they've been a chore, and I haven't actually watched a full game uh, throughout this losing streak because they're not they've not really even been like competitive ball games for the most part. Well, and something that I had to kind of double check before I went to talk about this is I went to the box scores and I just wanted to make sure like, okay, we weren't getting like totally outpitched in these games, like pitcher versus pitcher. 
it's mainly been the bats. It's mainly been the, the offense, offense not been being able horrible. to keep up. The the they've gotten some still some solid starts with within these nine games. Now, obviously, like like Bryce Wilson during this ninth loss, terrible. Should be on the team. And and there, yeah, there's I mean, there's be, a couple last start. There's a couple oddballs in there, but like overall. I mean, the starters kind of did their job in putting the Pirates in a position to be able to at least compete in the game, win the game. The bats were the mm-hmm. problem. They weren't able to keep up with some of the offense. It, 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 when I say keep up, it's not like some of these teams were scoring like seven, eight, nine runs a game. Like they lost multiple games that the the, the opposition only scored like three or four runs. And um, Obviously, I, w- I would love to give the Pirates the benefit of the doubt where, okay, so the, the first two games were against the, the Detroit Tigers. I mean, it is what it is losing to them. But uh, then they played probably the hottest team in baseball in the Braves, and then now they're playing the division-leading Cardinals. Or are they leading division? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, they are playing some very good teams, but still losing nine in a row, really tough, and seeing the bats perform the way they have – uh, that that's the reason that they've been losing the games. They've been getting no offensive production, and then the bullpens kind of struggled in a few of these games as well. well yeah, I mean, you only have like three legitimate bullpen arms. It was, Dylan Peters is hurt right now too, so you have Bednar. Who? When is the last time he even pitched? Uh, yeah. Will Crow, and then like I said, Dylan Peters being out. Stratton. Uh, Dude, the he gave up five earned so runs much- the other night. Five. Yeah, as a reliever Up to that point. Up to that point, the numbers on the surface were so much worse than like the advanced numbers, but that was obviously a horrible outing, and he hasn't been himself recently. But I would throw him in in like one of the three serviceable bullpen arms that they have, although he hasn't been that for most of this year. Um, But yeah, to to go back on my statement, I guess guess it would be a better way of saying, as opposed to saying they've not been competitive, it's just been very frustrating because the starting pitching has been decent, and it's just when you're getting only like five hits every single night from your offense, it's just, it's bad, but it's so hard to watch. How many times have they struck out? 12 plus times in these games also i bet you if you go back and look at them it's like every game that they're striking out 12 the, plus times the hits are coming from the same people too the the bottom half of this lineup is an absolute black hole like uh, the middle of it might be a black hole you, as well. you chang mean, batting like one yeah. something also uh michael perez also batting 105 or something like that yeah, you, no matter who the catcher is yeah I mean, we knew that, but then you're basically like the top of the lineup. Like Tukapita Marcano has been really good addition since coming up. He's he's been exciting to watch at least. Yeah. Brian Reynolds, he started to swing the bat a little bit better. And then, I mean, Cabrian's Cabrian. Mm -hmm. But most of these guys have not been hitting. And all the hits have been coming from pretty much the same place. Chavis and, well, Vodabok's been terrible. But yeah. up up till recently, he had been solid and only yeah, against righties. I have no idea him. why he was playing. We talked about him being like one of the better like leadoff hitters of the. I don't know if he has a hit since then. No, <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> we we caused this. We were talking about yeah. how they, 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 like they've surged. They've been good. And Vogelbach's been good. Other guys. And now they suck. They can't win a game. Vogelbach's not hitting. Yeah, we, we, we really just jinxed the whole pirate squad. It's, I think Vodabot has like four hits this year against lefties, but he was still hitting in the middle of the order when, when playing against lefties. Like, why? And then Michael Chavis, who can't hit righties at all, he can only hit lefties. Like, they have so many guys that are probably just platoon players, and they need to accept that, but they're playing pretty much every single day. And this kind of goes back to Derek Shelton here, but, as manager as well. 
and the issues I have with him as manager. Yeah. Although you need to have the horses as well. And uh, we knew that the Pirates weren't to be very competitive this year. But, uh, hey, Ben Sherrington, I think uh, that there's a lot of warranted slander going on right now on Twitter.com towards Ben You said arrest Sherrington. (laughs) <laughs> that's been a hashtag that's kind of been going on so like i was Dude, just kind of so playing funny. into it but but i so i didn't know this until um alex thump uh the pirates beat reporter for dt pittsburgh sports pointed this out so it's either already i, I don't know if this is the seventh year that that ben sherrington's been a gm or he's already had seven and this is eight but it's either this is seven and this would be a sixth time that his club has had a losing record or this is eight and this would be the seventh time that he's had a losing record as a gm so the one time he didn't is when the Red Sox won the World Series? I guess. Yeah. The Red Sox really had a losing record every single year he was the GM except for that one? I I, I guess. Hmm. That's surprising. He pointed this out in our Slack, and I was thinking about I, I, I was like, is that really the case? Like, that's crazy to me. But uh, I, I don't know. Listen, I, I understand like the, where the Pirates are, right? This wasn't going to be a, a one-year turnaround. But... Where is the improvement? I just, I don't know. I'm not completely out. Don't get me wrong on Ben Sherrington. Like, I think that time will, will show itself within the next like year or two if this can be something here. But um, yeah, I, I have not. And it's not just because of the last week. Like, I, I, that's obviously been frustrating. It's, but it, it, I think it's been building for a while, especially when you see other guys succeeding in other places. Like, some people don't care about that. But like right now, like Joe Musgrove might might be the NL Cy Young winner this year. Look at what Jameson Tyon's doing in New York. Like, dude, Tyon, Tyon and Cole, and I know like Tyon and Cole were. What, Tyon was also Huntington, right? Traded by Huntington. Was he traded by Sherrington? Oh, traded by? Yeah, traded by traded by Sherrington. Traded by Sherrington. I you were okay, say like, okay. Yeah. So Cole was traded by Huntington. Tyon was traded by Sherrington. So he only had his hand on one of those guys. But seeing both of those guys almost pitch perfect games back to back. <laughs> that, that, that kind yeah. of hurts. Imagine, imagine, imagine Tyon, Cole, and Musgrove all in the same pitching rotation. Mm-hmm. We'll see what the return is, like what the return ends up being uh, for Starling Marte. But Starling Marte still a very good player. Yeah, obviously that, not with the Diamondbacks the problem, anymore. But man, as I feel like it, it sucks initially to see these guys succeed because we're playing, we're trading like MLB caliber players for minor leaguers and so you don't get to see the payoff right away if there is one we're mm-hmm. hoping there's there's a payoff but we don't get to see right. it right away so we kind of have to like sit and sulk while we watch these guys succeed hopefully we get to see some of these guys that we've traded for come up in the next few years and really really show that the trades were yep. worth it and hopefully we get to see someone come up within the next week that we've been waiting for yeah, if that's where you're going next. Yeah, O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill Cruz. I think we're going to see him this weekend. That's kind of been the smoke. It's uh, it, it, I obviously another reason that people are so upset with Ben Sherrington is, is O'Neill Cruz still being in the minors, and um, you know it, it is what it is. I, I've I've already said my piece on this, um, but the time is coming for him to be here. I think it's already been past the time that he should have been here. Uh, I mean, this is just one of those things. It's like. Okay, is this team going to be that much better with just this one guy on the roster? I don't know, but I, I think he is going to make them that much more exciting. Like this is the type of player that you stay at the ballpark to see, just you know, until his last at bat at least. And uh, yeah, so I'm very excited for him to come up this weekend, and uh, I should be at the the game actually on Friday. So excited do, for that. Hopefully, he do is we up know here. when the Super Two cutoff is? Is it already passed, or is it like in the next day or two? 
I, I think that's why it is this weekend. I think it's it's sometime this week. I, I don't know okay. if it's happened already or if it's sometime this week. Okay. I was I was just curious. I was trying to look it up. I couldn't find Big baseball it. Baseball show. I just didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can ask Pirates fan <laughs> for them. They know a lot more than us. <laughs> By the time that those guys are having their show on Friday, I mean, I know Cruz will be playing. I know Cruz so. might be in the starting lineup. Yeah. Yeah. When they're doing their YouTube premiere, O'Neill Cruz will just hit a home run. That's my prediction. Um, but the last thing that I want to talk about with the Pirates. Okay, so we started this show coming up on five years ago. And this name has been mentioned so many times throughout the course of it. Originally being billed as like their top pitching prospect to the point where he's like not even in the rotation. And now here we are where Mitch Keller is looking like a serviceable starting pitcher. If you look at those last few starts, kind of putting it all together, even if he has one or two pitches that aren't working, he's finding a way to get through these games, even like a game that he had against St. Louis where he pitched really well, but they blew that 5 nothing lead. He only had two strikeouts in that game, but he still threw you know, five scoreless, got into yeah. the sixth inning, scoreless. And obviously the bullpen kind of let him down there, ends up giving up two runs, but I think that we're starting to see him become like a starting pitcher. He's not going to be that high end guy that we had once hoped that he would be. But, you know, if he can be like a middle to back of the rotation starter for this team, that's obviously much better than what it's looked like and what we had, you know, thought of him to be based off what we saw, you know, in 2019, 2020, 2021. Yeah. If he, if he can be like a number three starter ish, that 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 would be great. I would happily accept accept that based off of the the talks and what we've seen from Mitch Keller, the inconsistency. If he's able to find it and just be like your I mean, above average starter. I don't even want to say above average. If he can be an average MLB starter where he's not being mm-hmm. this hot and cold like he has been. And and honestly, he yeah. has been kind of an average MLB starter over his last three starts. Um, five innings, six innings, five point one innings. Gave up two and one, one and one, two and one. I will take that literally every single time from Mitch Keller. If he can do this the rest of his career in a pirate uniform, I don't need you to be the ace. I can rely on other guys to potentially be that. For for you to stay at the MLB level and be a starter at the MLB level, if you just continue to do what you're doing right now and what you've done the past few starts, I will happily take that as a Pirates fan. And as someone that has talked about you since, what, 2018? I don't know if we talked about him in 2017. Uh, but since 2018, we've talked about you potentially coming up. Then you got here. I I really hope that you just keep it the way it is. That's the biggest thing that we've complained about with Mitch Keller is the inconsistency in the starts. He'll be really good one start, really bad the next. But he's got three in a row. I hope we don't see three bad ones in a row now. Just keep it going. <laughs> keep, keep up these these five to six. Oh, I was a mistake here talking about him. I'm just True. thinking about this. His yeah. next start, he's going to be pulled in like an inning and a third. But <laughs> From what we've seen so far, the five to six inning games, one to two runs giving up each game, I will happily take that as a Pirates fan if it means that that's what we get consistently. I think that's the biggest thing is consistency because it's like he'll have like a really bad start and you want to write him off, but then he'll come back and show you just enough to keep you hanging on by a thread like you know that something's there. And I think it was really good for him to have a couple games where he pitched out of the bullpen. I think he kind of found something there. He added a pitch to his repertoire just randomly out of nowhere in the middle of the season. And now it's really working for him. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've mentioned it before. Like, Oscar Marina, in my opinion, shouldn't be here anyway. But if Mitch Keller doesn't work out, he's definitely not going to be here. Um, 
kind of attached at the hip in my opinion but mm-hmm. we'll see what happens i just i i'm i'm excited that he might have at least found something here to stick in the mlb even if it's not as like that that high top of the rotation arm that we had once hoped him to be but the, the good thing is we got Rowanzi Contreras to be that anyway so true also update is currently now nine to one in the sixth inning while we okay. were recording All this right, game well. on Tuesday night. So congrats on the nine game losing streak pirates. Hopefully you were able to not get swept again and win win today. I should say it will be Rowanzi day on Wednesday when people are watching or listening to this. So pretty good pitching matchup. I think he's doing it against Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals. So yeah. Also doesn't get stuff. any easier because we play the Giants <clears throat> next. So have fun pirates. Yep. At PNC Park, like I mentioned, hopefully O'Neill Cruz is a part of that series. Um, but other than that, if you don't have anything else, I just, uh, as always, want to thank you guys for watching or listening. Everything that we talked about here is open for discussion. So put any thoughts or comments you have in the comments. Leave us a like, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. Leave us a five-star review, whatever platform you guys are listening to. I think that you, what did you say last time that there's something that people can do now that we didn't know about? So on, I mean, on we've, we've always been able to do like reviews and st- leaving star ratings on Apple, as far as I know. But Spotify, you can now leave star reviews oh, that's as what well. It was. Okay. So, and, and that's new as of like January, December ish. I had no idea. So, if you listen on Spotify, you you are also free to leave us a review. We would love it. Absolutely. And send us screenshots of you doing so. Maybe we'll do a giveaway at some point or something for you guys that are doing that for us because we obviously appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. Uh, but other than that, for Smitty, for Tyler, this is Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye.